This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Hi, I'm Paralympian Kurt Fernley. And I'm Paralympian Riley Batt. This is You Little Ripper, the place that we celebrate all things parasport. And for the first time, we are here live at Toyota HQ. Can I get a yeah? <laughs> uh, Riley Batt, this is a really special uh, place for you. You've got a great relationship with Toyota, as we all do. Um, tell us about Mobility for All. Mobility for all. Well, uh, mobility for all for me came into, I guess, my life when I joined the Toyota family as an ambassador. Uh, went over to Tokyo uh, in 2019 to the uh, Tokyo Motor Show. It was an absolutely amazing experience. So Toyota's um, was, you know, thrown in this mobility for all. And it's not just for people with um, with disabilities and wheelchairs. It's for, for everyone. It's making everyone's lives better. It's making everything easier. They could be walking to work, it could be education, it could be studying, anything like that. So standouts for me when I was over there, Kurt, were autonomous vehicles. Um, and Toyota actually brought the autonomous vehicle into the Paralympic Village in 2021. Now, unfortunately, Kurt, we had some <laughs> strict rules as Australians where we weren't allowed to jump on any buses, we weren't allowed to go to the food court. So I couldn't go onto the autonomous bus, but I've heard that they might be bringing it out for Paris 2024. So I cannot wait to get on an autonomous bus that Toyota has developed. I'm going to be quite scared. I'm not going to lie, mate. Someone, (laughs) an autonomous bus driving itself, no one driving it. That was a standout, but seeing attachments were attached to my wheelchair. So if there was a long push to go to work or to to get around the community, I could attach this this wheel on the front of my my wheelchair and, and ride it like a motorbike. Things like that, in my experience, uh, make life easier for me. And, uh, and as I said, it's not just about making life easier for people in wheelchairs or with disabilities, it's everyone. Every Joe Blow, walking to work, getting around in a day to day. What are you driving at the moment, Riley Bat? I am not driving an autonomous vehicle. Um, <laughs> I am driving a Toyota Land Cruiser. And for me, it is fantastic because I drive a lot of kilometres to training, to different events um, and whatnot. And to be able to have the space to throw my, my sporting gear, we can see my sporting gear over the side of the stage here. It's a bulky wheelchair rugby chair. And now a lot of people don't realise how much stuff Paralympians have to travel with. I travel with about 80, 90 kilos worth of gear everywhere I go. So I have a sports wheelchair, I have a wheel bag, I have my day chair that I'm in today, my suitcase, I can throw it all in the back and drive in absolute style. Well, the only time where I have literally pooed myself on camera, um, except for the 2010 New York Marathon, which I told nobody about until I wrote my book six years after the occasion, which I now feel much more comfortable talking about on camera, was sitting in the passenger seat while you drove a Toyota Supra around the Altona race course that did have a speed limit at, at 60 kilometres an hour. We didn't break that speed limit though, Kurt. Oh, you broke No, I think we you might have hit 62, 62 maybe. Oh, God. But you had my lucky undies with you. <laughs> I did, yes. They smelt like pink eye and success. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, well, Riley, we're going to get to what we're all here for, which is Paralympic sport. Again, You Little Ripper is the place where we celebrate all things Paralympic sport. Uh, my You Little Ripper moment over the last couple of weeks has been the Aussie gold ball team, the Aussie Bells. They are one of the unique sports to the Paralympic movement, the place that we get to see visually impaired athletes created a sport that is their own. And it's and it's one of the favourites of, of the Paralympic movement. We have seen the Aussie Bells get through to the semi final 
finals. They started off with a loss to Japan 3-0 and then won against Korea 7-2, lost against China 10-4, but with a draw against Thailand, they qualified through to the next round. Oh, let's get behind the Aussie Bells too because personally, they are my favourite team in the Paralympic movement. They are the heart and the soul of the Australian Paralympic team. They have so much character. They know they know how to foster our community, so I'm, I'm behind them. Hopefully they get the win. Hopefully they qualify and we see them next year at the 2024 Paris Paralympics. Fighting for a qualifying spot as well. Um, Riley Bat, what's your you little ripper moment? For me, um, there hasn't been a lot going on the last two weeks since we did the last podcast in the Paralympic world, but we have had some awards. Um, so one award for me to note was Rowan Crothers, the great super fish, the amazing human being. Um, geez, that boy can eat too. Have you seen his social media? Uh, he doesn't mind tucking in. Great on the uh, great on the um, gaming gaming system. Yeah, he's also as well. a pro gamer. A pro, a pro gamer. What, what can't that guy do? So Rowan Crothers has uh, taken home his second consecutive uh, swimmer of the year, uh, para swimmer of the year, I should say, at the Swim Australia Awards. Now that's a phenomenal achievement. There is some amazing para swimmers in Australia. So well done to Rowan Crothers on his second Australian Swim Awards. Uh, also a shout out to Alexa Leary, who has won the AIS Discovery of the Year Award. Now, if you haven't seen Alexa's story, I suggest Googling her. It is phenomenal what she's had to overcome. Uh, Alexa is one of the, the, the new breaths of fresh air coming through the movement. Do you remember when you were Discovery of the Year, Riley Bat? Uh, we were just talking about because the Australian team pins are coming out, uh, stage release, depending on the year that you started Paralympic sport. And I get my Paralympic pin with my number in about three weeks because I'm Sydney. But you started in Athens as a... 16-year-old, 17-year-old? Close, close, yeah. I was 15 years old. So at the time, Athens for me, I was the youngest Australian Paralympian um, I think that we ever had. So just turned 15. I think you had to be 15 to actually be able to compete for Australia. And I remember going to those 2004 Athens Paralympic Games uh, very vividly. And this bloke right here was my absolute idol. So (laughs) how times have changed, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, absolute idol and looked up to him and obviously rightly so. But, um, yeah, I definitely – I remember it, mate. But, um, yeah, well, you know, one day I'm hoping to get a Paralympic pin and being remembered like that. Congratulations, mate. Well, soon enough, mate. You're the next one after me. Uh, now we're to, we're to the, the, the part of the show that I love, which is about making sure that we get to share the story of a wide variation of Paralympian and, and get the voice of, of – of different athletes from around the country to share who they are, what they do. Uh, today, we're very fortunate to have on the pedal talking to the live audience, Shay Graham, wheelchair rugby player by day, librarian by night. Shay Graham, welcome to you, Little Ripper. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So where are you working at the moment? I did say librarian. You're at the... Yeah, so I'm at the Melbourne Museum. I work in the library and archives team there. Um... Used to be librarian by night, very much so, working in uni libraries and public libraries, but these days by day and um, wheelchair rugby by day too. Lots of juggling. (laughs) Listening to her say that she's a librarian, now if you saw her in the quarter, if you were a teammate and heard how she speaks to her other teammates, you would not (laughs) believe that she's a librarian and can sit quiet for how many hours do you work in a day? Uh, That many hours at a library because she is fierce on the court. I'm very polite. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Jake, can you tell us about how you got started in wheelchair rugby? Um, Yeah, so it's a bit of an odd story, really. I um, lost a bet 
classic like Australian story, I guess. Um, I was a backseat passenger in a car crash when I was 18 years old and um, prior to that was super sporty, played touch fo- football, soccer, um, bits of rugby union, did a lot of athletics and I kind of saw the whole spinal cord injury, car accident thing as a sign to go into retirement from sport. So I, um, yeah, just decided stubbornly that I'd never, never play any sort of wheelchair sport. Um, and I stuck to that for nine years. Um, in between that time, I had lots of people trying to get me involved with like sports and specifically wheelchair rugby, having seen the documentary Murderball when I was in rehab in hospital. Um, but yeah, I'd always said I'd never, never play wheelchair rugby. Looked like a sport where the guys were just trying to kill each other. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, nine years later, I was in Amsterdam with my brother having a fight over a beer um, about who was right and wrong about a silly fact and lost the bet. So came back to Australia and gave wheelchair rugby a go. And we are so thankful that you gave wheelchair rugby a go. (laughs) Now, I remember 20 years ago, Kurt, mind you, 20 years ago that I received a phone call from the Australian coach saying I had made the Australian side. That was 2003. Wow, that's crazy. I remember vividly what it felt like to be you know, known, known, named as an Australian Paralympian, named on an Australian side, and it meant so much to me. Do you remember that time when, you know, the Brad, the Brad our coach, Brad Dubley, called you, and do you remember the feeling you had at the time? Yeah, I guess my, my story is a little bit different just in that, like, um, based here in Melbourne um, and the coaches are here. So um, I guess for me... Um, the first big feeling of like, yes, I'm on my way was when I got invited to the Steelers team camp in January of 2019. Um, and yeah, like I had been working my butt off to be recognised and hopefully make a spot um, on the Australian team for years. Um, so it felt like a really big moment. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was until coordinations in 2019 when um, I got a spot on the Australian team and it was going to be my first international representation that yeah I felt that feeling of like this is amazing I've made it Um, and then obviously again when I got named on the Paralympic squad was a big moment so um, yeah feelings of pride and um, just like appreciation were basically like what I felt, yeah, after so much hard work finally paying off. It was great. You've just come back from Australia winning the, the uh, a World Cup event. You are current world champions, mm-hmm. but you haven't qualified for, for Paris. That's a bit of a no. sore spot, Kurt, all right? A bit of a sore spot. No pressure, but lots and lots and lots of pressure. <laughs> Are you going to qualify? Yeah, 100%. Um, we've chosen a harder road to get there, obviously, but, w- yeah, we've got a spot next year for sure. What about the gold? How did that first world championships, you get the gold medal, how did that feel? Yeah, that felt awesome. Um, obviously, joined the team in 2019. Um, it was a bit of a, like, it was a pretty good year that year. We won a fair few golds, won a fair few comps, and it, COVID kind of really messed with our ability to, I guess, be a team. Like spending 18 months not being able to play or train together was really rough and um, you can really notice that at the Tokyo Paralympic Games when we got together for the first time like two days before we started playing our first like 
game. Um, we were rusty and off and um, we didn't gel well together. And then after that, we had to start that rebuilding ourselves as a team. Um, and we spent like 2022 doing that. Um, teams were writing us off saying that we were has-beens, that like we weren't gonna, you know, win anything again. Um, so it felt really, really good to come out at Worlds and win all but one game and then take it away. It was very much a big F you to all the teams that were doubting <laughs> us. Um, and, yeah, it felt awesome to win that and celebrate with the guys. I could hear your teeth grinding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when I heard the word has been, I just thought of you, Kurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pickled on my own show. Thanks, Robert. Now, what people don't understand, listen to this podcast and live in the audience here, is wheelchair rugby is actually a mixed sport. But people for years thought it was – a male sport. They thought there was a male and female team. Now, it's not so. We just didn't have any, um, I guess, females coming through that are, were tough enough to take on <laughs> wheelchair rugby. They thought it was scary. They thought all, all us guys in the team were scary. Now, how you are you- scary. You're scary. Please. <laughs> I've got an, I have got an alter ego. You know that? <laughs> I know. I've seen it. I am a Gemini, all right? <laughs> um, so, f- for me- what I want to know is how, how was it for you when you when you came into this, uh, I guess, a male-dominated sport for so many years, how was it for you jumping into sort of our culture and, and, and was it nerve-wracking? Um, yes and no. Like obviously starting the sport, like you said, it's kind of a very intimidating sport from the outside. Um, full contact, hard-hitting, male-dominated I did a lot of squeaking when I first started, especially when you and Chris were coming at me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, once you get in there, it's like you guys are all so gentle. It's weird. You're like... You hear that, Kurt? Yeah. (laughs) Friendly, so welcoming. Um, And, I like, growing up I'd played a lot lot of, like, mixed-gendered sports. So I think, like, I was well-prepared going into that environment. And I have... um, very good ability to just turn off and not listen to you guys when you're talking absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> Riley the gentleman bat. Well, you have changed. That, 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 that It's like the dial has switched over because uh, and now there are six female or, or non-binary players contesting that, that uh, positions in the Steelers rugby team. How is that changing the team? Um, I mean, like... It's obviously making um, the team and sports on the team more competitive, but it's also like I don't think it has changed the team very much. Like we have such a good welcoming culture where it doesn't matter who you are um, that like you come onto that team, you're a part of the team. Um, So, yeah, it's making it more competitive. Um, It's building up the sport in our country. Um, But it's also helping, like, build the sport up internationally as well. Like, when we were at Worlds, um, we were the only team to have three females on the team. Um, But as a whole, like, there were 15 women at that competition and that was a first, like, worldwide. So the numbers are growing internationally and nationally and that's awesome. It's just making our sport more competitive and better, which is great. And and speaking of first, you've recently just come back from a competition over in New Zealand where – for the first time ever, we fielded, as an Australian team, fielded at all-female or non-binary lineup. Yep. How did that feel? Yeah, it was good. Um, I've been wanting to play, like, in an all-female or non-binary lineup for ages. And 
initially it was a bit nerve wracking having not trained as a lineup before. Um, but yeah, we got on that court and just instantly clicked. Um, and we played so well, like really like match the guys. Um, so yeah, like it was awesome. And I'm excited hopefully to do it more often. And you, uh, Shay is underrating themselves at the moment. I watched that live when you guys come on and I've never seen it before, never seen an all-female non-binary lineup and they didn't just click, they absolutely dominated and they were playing against a very strong New Zealand lineup, mind you. So yeah. uh, it was it was very, very um, special to watch and I'm really looking forward to what, you know, yourself and the rest of the you know, these amazing Aussies who are fighting for positions can do for the sport of wheelchair rugby. Yeah, it's great. When you're a has-been and you're, <laughs> <laughs> and you're the other side of sport, what do you hope to, that your contribution to the wheelchair rugby team or, or to the Paralympic movement will be seen as? Um, look, I don't know. I haven't had time to think about that honestly, but I, I just really want to grow the sport um, internationally, like in the sense that there will be like more women participation um, and it, I, I honestly hope that at some point there will be like a women's world cup, which will be separate. There are still some women out there that don't want to play in like a mixed team. Um, but giving like people that opportunity to represent their country in an all women's or non-binary team would be amazing. Um, so yeah, hopefully just pushing the growth of the sport and like making the sport more accessible. Yeah, well, look, you see Shay up here at the moment. She's not just a pretty face. She also <laughs> has a lot of brains behind those ears right there. And <laughs> and why I'm saying this is because Shay has just been elected as the athlete, uh, the head athlete representative for the wheelchair rugby board. Board, yes, wheelchair rugby board. So that's a whole international wheelchair rugby board. She's the athlete representative. What's that like? Um, honestly, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, but... Um, <laughs> That's why they brought you in, Shay. <laughs> um, so we're in a bit of a rebuilding phase, as in the athlete council is. The board is fine. Um, it's eye-opening, obviously. I've never really had a role on a board before, so it's been interesting hitting the ground running and trying to learn how everything behind the scenes operates in the sport. Um, but, yes, building, like, an athlete council... Um, is a bit messy and hard, but I'm trying my hardest to get everyone involved and on board um, so that we can build a really strong athlete council and like internationally have our athlete voices heard so that the sport continues to grow and be something that we want to play. Well, if you're that busy, you need to change stuff. Kurt's got plenty of time on his hands. So <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, you could be her PA. <laughs> well, anything. I actually think that's one of the most um, important things that we can do in the middle of our career is to make sure that we are playing a part of making sure that we are not just a sports movement. We are uh, we are advancing the lives of people with disabilities and making sure that the disabled voice is heard within the movement. It's it's essential. And I only just found out that you took that role. So I, I think that's a that's a, a really bold kind of position to get into, um, but so important. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I was going to annoy you about it um, before I took on the role because I needed some advice, but you just had twins, so I thought I'd better but leave you be. But they were three and four, really. <laughs> Once you get above two, they all kind of meld into one. <laughs> uh, for the very first time, uh, because we had the luxury of, uh, of a, a live audience, we're going to turn and ask if there's any questions from the audience. And it's like school where we're not going to leave until we get at least two questions. Uh any questions from the guys that are here watching live? 
I have a question for Riley. You recently uh, had a go at wheelchair AFL and uh, whilst a little pocket rocket on the court, struggled a little bit with the uh, the ball shape, <laughs> kept expecting it to bounce back. Uh, are you practising? Why are you looking at me like that, Kurt? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Yes, thanks for bringing that up, Ali. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, jumped. Uh, we spoke about it a little bit on the last podcast. We I did. went and played some wheelchair AFL and it was an absolute eye-opener for me. It's fierce. It's really fierce. Shay, I suggest having a go of it because I know you love running into people and I love that too. <laughs> Yeah, I had the speed, I had the the chair, um, I guess, mobility, but using a ball that's not round, uh, it was very, very weird. And look, I'm, I'm not an AFL fan. Sorry for all the viewers at home. Yes, I like watching AFL, but I'm not a diehard fan. I'm a, I'm a rugby supporter, uh, league or union. So I've actually never handballed an AFL. Please don't judge me on that, Kurt. <laughs> uh, my hands aren't the best, so I don't choose to pick up a ball and uh, handball it, but that was my first time. So trying to handball uh, a ball to, you know, like a Darcy Moore or Toby Green. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've got any respect for my, uh, my ball <laughs> skills, but maybe my chair skills. I, I, can't, I still can't get my head around how – I know how terrifying you are in that chair, and if they're first time ever in a wheelchair and you and – that thing is flying at you, <laughs> that hunk of metal over there. I think it's a, it's a bold move to jump in a chair against Riley Bat. But I suggest you all do it because it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there next year. <laughs> Another question? Yeah, I have a question for Shay. Uh, how do you manage your work as a librarian as well as training um, for the team? Um, yeah, so it's been really hard um, over the last four years, five years, how long have I been in a while? I've been in the team a while. Um, initially, when I first joined the squad, I was juggling three casual jobs and training. Um, and yeah, I was just burning myself out. So um, I've, I've learnt balance over the last few years. Um, and I've got a really good job at Melbourne Museum that um, allows me to kind of have, you know, more flexibility around working and playing and heading overseas. We've been away a lot this year. Um, so I think it's just like that over the period of time I've learnt, you know, recovery is important, sleep's important and working not as important. But um, I've wanted to be able to build my career outside of rugby as well as like my rugby career at the same time and yeah just finding that balance has been something that's been really important to being able to do both. I think that's the life of the Paralympic athlete is the life where you have to pr learn to prioritise and to make a thousand little choices to, to, to trade off moment for moment and, and it's always it's always that balance. Yeah. Um, thank you for the oh, questions. Hold on, Kurt. I've got one. I've got one. Okay, I've, question got, from I've, got a, I've got a question. Um, oh. Yeah, Riley Batt here, Australian Paralympic <laughs> shake. Um, <laughs> who's your favourite wheelchair rugby player? Ooh. <laughs> And why um, is Ellis Eberjack? No, I'm going to say Josh Nicholson. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Josh Nicholson, he is – Josh he is, is an amazing guy. Yeah, and, like, so entertaining. Makes me laugh all the time. Great guy. Uh, on another podcast, Kurt, I might be able to tell some <laughs> stories of Josh Nicholson. He is an absolute menace, uh, especially on the celebration drinks. He sounds <laughs> like he'd be a great co-host for uh, your little ripple one day. Yeah, bring him in. Depends what rating so the podcast is. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's also got some great videos if uh, you need some visual. <laughs> so just for visual, Josh Nicholson is a, he's a wheelchair rugby player, obviously. Um, born, oh, sorry, not born. He um, had amputations uh, of his arms and his legs when he was young. So missing from sort of the elbows down and just be, be, be before the, uh, below the, sorry, above the knees. And that does not stop him in life. He jumps on quad bikes. He does everything um, pretty much. Has a boat, he, goes yeah, fishing. Yeah, he has a boat. And boat he's scared, mind you, he's scared of water, but goes Swimming. out in a boat by himself. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. If mm. he falls out, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, <laughs> uh, he's an amazing bloke. Yeah, great guy. Shay, thank you for joining us here at You Little Ripper. Um, thank you uh, for coming. I think it's been a uh, it, it, it's been wonderful to be here live at the audience, have a live audience here at Toyota HQ. We do have a shout out for a retirement uh, within the sport, two retirements within the sport. Evan O'Hanlon, five-time Paralympic champion, he won. No, how many golds? I think he did win five Paralympic gold medals. Uh, he has called an end to his career and the other retirement. Oh, friend of the pod, Amber Merritt. Now, I have side right now because we absolutely love Amber Merritt on the podcast here. She has just announced her retirement from the Australian wheelchair basketball team, the Gliders, but is pursuing um, a sport in wheelchair AFL. And she played wheelchair AFL uh, at the Toyota Wheelchair uh, AFL Nationals recently and actually got an award. She was a gun and she's only been playing that sport for about a month or two. So uh, she's moved on from uh, basketball at the moment to wheelchair AFL. Um, who knows if that's the end from her basketball, but I believe she's she's enjoying it and and and, and good luck to her. I am hoping I don't compete against her in wheelchair AFL because I will be terrible and she'll be dominating <laughs> me. Uh, Riley, but how great is it to record a podcast in person? Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Thank you everyone in the room here today for for coming along. It's uh it's absolutely amazing, and I will say. We like to do reviews on this show, Kurt, on this podcast, and we're going to lock those doors until we see on your phones that you have put a five-star review down on one of your platforms you listen to podcasts. What do you reckon? I, I think we get the scariest person in this room to Shay guard Graham. the doors. Shay <laughs> Graham. Up to the back there. No one leaves without five-star reviews of the podcast. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to our pod. Uh, it is always great to be able to do an episode of You Little Ripper, and we'll be back with more interviews with your favourite athletes, so make sure you follow You Little Ripper wherever you get your podcast from. And we'd also like to say a huge thank you to Toyota for supporting this episode of You Little Ripper. Oh, what a feeling. Thanks, Toyota. You Little Ripper!